four years ago, uh, around this time, uh, I flew out from the Midwest, and uh, I flew out ahead of time, and my wife and our children uh, joined us. It was during this time uh, that the church was considering to call me to come uh, and be a pastor of this church. We did come, and we were looking for a house, and in my dream, I saw the house that we were going to live in. So it will be, this church is here, and there will be a couple of blocks from here. There will be one road, and then another road, and it, the house will be in between two roads. That's what I saw in my dream. So now I know the road is Kylie, and the other one is St. Tomas. So in between Kylie and St. Tomas. Um, and when Pastor Jonathan took me to a place near Cabrillo School, I don't know where that house is, and uh, we were looking at the house, it was newly furbished, everything looked so nice, and I turned to Pastor Jonathan and said as we were coming out of the house, but this is not the house that I saw in my dream. Right? And we were just talking away from the real estate agent. Well, the thing is, God showed the real house to my wife. As she was uh, doing some surveys, she saw a house, and I didn't know that that house was between Kylie and St. Tomas. Uh, and that house was not open. You have to, con you have to contact uh, the real estate agent and the homeowner and book an appointment, set up an appointment to go and see the house. Long story short, my wife had seen the house physically with her eyes. God showed me where we will live in, in my dream, and we are living in that house, right? Right? God is good, right? We are living in that house. Now, why I'm saying this is because uh, the way God connects to us and speaks to us is very different. It can be unique. You may... God will speak through you through your word of God, through the word of God. It could be a dream, vision, when you're praying, but you will know that it is God that has spoken to you. Okay? You will know that it is God that has spoken to you. Now, we want to look at Daniel and King Nebuchadnezzar, starting from chapter 1 to chapter 4. And I want to get to this point about how, um, how the most powerful person on earth at that time came to know the living God. And our, our sermon is, who is my neighbor? Right. How can we tell the love of Jesus to our neighbor? That's what our sermon series is about. So you have the most powerful person as your neighbor. How are you going to share your gospel to that person? How are you going to make it relevant to them that Jesus loves him? So we are taking dreams and visions as part of being a good neighbor uh, today uh, with Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar. It's very strange how it started, but here's a scripture that I want to encourage you, and I'll read it for you. You, you can just listen uh, in Daniel 4. It says, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought... It good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God had worked for me. How great are His signs and how mighty His wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and His dominion is from generation to generation. How did 
a king who would challenge the mighty power of God and say, I'm the greatest man on earth. Come to this point. This is what I want us to talk about today. The reason together to say the, the one who created his own idol for people to worship, how did he come to this point to say that the God of Daniel is the God that we should all worship? It, this is an amazing stuff, right? But it takes some practical part, steps that we need to take on our part. I have said this again many times, that loving your neighbor is not so much about your neighbor. It's about you. It is about you. And we're going to look at us today. What can we do that people in high position, powerful people, or any people, will come to the saving knowledge of Christ and experience the real love of God? Because real people need to experience uh, God's real love. So, the king came. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And he forgot his dream. He had a dream, and he, he couldn't recollect the dream. I, it's like many of us, right? You had a nice dream, and you didn't know what the dream was, right? Oh, I had a beautiful dream, but I don't know what that dream was. It was great in my dream. Well, it was a troubling dream. And he called all the wise men, astrologers, you know, soothsayers, magicians, and so, come tell me the dream that I dreamt. It's like, this is going crazy, right? How, how do we know what you dream? This is how it started. This is how it started. Um, and then he will have another dream again. And God is using this channel of communication to bring Nebuchadnezzar to worship him. To become his follower, to become his servant. Right. So are you interested in figuring out what Daniel did? Yes? Are, are you interested? Yeah, what about here, right? Okay, let's go. So let's go, let's stay. Let's stay together. So here, you see, God is sovereign all humankind, including the most powerful people on earth. Uh, in order to love your neighbors and let them experience uh, the love of God, one thing you can do is you dare to stand firm. It's not about Nebuchadnezzar changing. It's about you. You got to dare. You dare to start, stand firm. And let me tell you this story. So, Daniel and his friends, Hananiah, Azariah and Michelle and Daniel, right? That's the Hebrew name. They were taken as captives from Jerusalem. So four young guys, they came as captives and the king chose them to serve in the government because they look good, they seem to be smart and wise. And do you know how old were they? They were about 14, 15 years old. Okay? So... Uh, that reminds me a lot of our high school kids here and starting uh, college. So they are in three years program. It's like going into college. They will graduate after three years. And uh, when Daniel was in this program, Daniel said to the eunuch, uh, in fact, he said, uh, test me. Test me on this. And what was that test? Don't give me the delicacies of the king. 
uh, just give me the food, simple food, vegetables, fruits. That's what I'm going to eat. And test me for how many days? Just test me for 10 days and see how it goes. You know why? Because Daniel purposed in his heart that he will not be defiled. Right? And I'm thinking, okay, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, they came to the palace of the king, and instead of being dazed by the glory and the splendor of the, oh, this is great, look at the throne, look at the gold, look at the diamond and all the bling bling, they were not impressed by it, right? They were thinking, okay. We are not going to be defiled in this palace. You look, you're talking about Babylonian palace. It's a wonder of the world. And they were not seduced by the, the glitched and the power of it. As young as 15, 16. Just you remember you go into a concert hall, you go into a bar, you go into a party. As young people, what happens? You immediately forget yourself and you do some things that you will regret and be embarrassed because a lot of people. And then you have 20, 30 people and then cheering on, go, go, right? And do, you do some embarrassing stuff and put on Instagram and like, wow, why did I do that, right? And you regret yourself. No, not Daniel. He's saying he purposed in his heart, he's not going to do it. He's not going to defy. And he said, test me. Well, this is it. In order for the most powerful people that are in your neighborhood to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ or to experience the love of God, you have to stand firm on what you believe. I tell you this. God tests and try early on people that He will use for His greater good. Did you hear that? You know, stay with me on this. I want you to hear this. God will try and test people that He is going to use for greater purpose. He will test them early on. He will test them early on. And these are the people that will do great things for the Lord. Early on, David tested very young. Is David any different from you and I? No. He did some horrible stuff that probably some of you did not do. And you say, oh, I can't be David. I can't be Daniel. Oh, I can't be Isaiah. I can't be Timothy. I can't be Jeremiah. Right? These are all young people that started. They were tested early on. They were tried early on because they purpose in their heart that they will not defile themselves. That I will not do drugs or, you know, now uh, vaping is so popular. It affects your studies. Right? I mean, if you are 12 hours on computer games, maybe the possibility of doing great things for the Lord will minimize. Right? Because you're not reaching out to people. Okay? Unless, well, you have a gang of people doing games together and yelling at each other. And in between, Jesus loves you. I, I don't know. How that's going to happen, right? But he was tested. Daniel was tested because of that. Dare to stand firm. Are we good with that? Right? 
And that's for older people too. You are 90 years old and you may have never, you have not stood for it, what you believe. Now is the time to stand for it. He said, test me, test me. He was tested. Very exciting. Now what happened? When he did that, so when you purpose in your heart to obey God, what does God do? He promotes you. God always promotes people that purpose, desire to do and delight to do great things. Daniel and his friends, they were ten times smarter than all the people that were trained during that three years program. Isn't it amazing? This is what God does. It's not about how good we are, right? The success, okay, here it comes. The, the depth of our spiritual contentment. This is for older people. The depth of our spiritual contentment is proportioned to the heights of our spiritual disobedience. Uh, obedience, not disobedience. Right? It, it, it's there. You want, to, you want to experience peace and joy and contentment. Then you look at what is the level of your obedience to God's command. Love your neighbor as yourself. On this are promises of well-being, prolonged life. God promised it comes together as a package. Maybe then, if we are not experiencing that deep contentment and peace and joy in our heart and in our life, in our relationship with our children, our spouses, maybe we look at the intensity of our obedience to the command of God and see, is it balanced or not? So, the depth of your spiritual contentment is proportioned to the heights of your spiritual obedience. If you don't remember anything today, I want you to remember that and go. Now, you dare to stand up for others. So, that's chapter 1, right? Chapter. In chapter 2, it's the dream. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. He forgot the dream. What happened? He called all the magicians and wise people and he started killing them because they can't remember the dream so now they have come for Daniel and his three friends also because they want to also kill them so Daniel said to uh, 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 Daniel asked what's the hurry what's happening you know what is going on Uh, and uh, the commander said uh, Oh, so the decree went out and they began killing the wise men and they sought Daniel and his companion to kill them. Then with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He said, hold on. Let me go and tell the king that I'll figure something out and uh, I will reply to him what he is asking for. You got to stand up for others. You know, first is you stand firm on what you believe and you can see the result. Here, Daniel is standing up for all the wise men because they're killing them already. And of course, his three friends, he said, I'm going to, 
at certain point in your life, you got to stand up for something, my friends, Santa Clara First Baptist Church. We got to stand up for something. We can't just go to the right because everybody going to the right, you know? What's that song? Everybody move to the left, to the left, to the right, to the... You can't just go with the tides. We got to go with God. We got to go with God. Love your neighbors as yourself. That's a command. We got to go with that. We got to go with that. And going with that will take some discomfort from you. Even it may endanger your life. What happens is, the one who reveals the secret, Daniel chapter 2, the one who reveals the secret, revealed the secrets to Daniel. He got the dream. I got your dream, king. You know, the, the dream about the gold and the silver and the bronze and the iron and mixed with iron and the clay. It's talking about the future of the kingdom that is going to come after you. Your kingdom is going to be the most powerful. Right? The less will be mixed with iron and clay. It's not going to be as strong as your kingdom. And what did King Nebuchadnezzar say? He blessed the God of Daniel. And he promoted Daniel. And Daniel said, Oh no, uh, my three friends, they prayed with me. And Nebuchadnezzar promoted the four of them. It's because he was standing up for others. There are a lot of people that are hurting and are not safe. And you're talking about, okay, three years program they have finished. So let's say, let's take 16, okay? Or even 17. They're 20 years old, my friends. They're 20 years old here making a difference in the most powerful civilization of that time and serving the most powerful king. Because we think sometimes, oh, Daniel, maybe they're old and wise. These are young people making a difference in the lives of people. They dare to stand for others. Nebuchadnezzar worshipped the living God. Daniel 46, 47. Right? Okay. Isn't that exciting? Right? The next one is that you dare to stand for the truth. Now let's go to chapter 3 in Daniel 4. Now in chapter 3 what has happened is Nebuchadnezzar, you know, somebody blew this a wind of ego in him, and he's so bloated with pride. So let's make an idol for you, O king. Oh, great idea. What are we going to do with the idol again? Oh, everybody will come and worship you. When they hear the synchronized, unified, wonderful musics of harps and lyres and whatever, at that time people will stop and they will bow down and worship you. And he said, yes, great idea. Let's do it. Right? Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which is the Babylonian name, they did not worship when that music happened. And people now informed the king. And this is the benefactor of the three of them. You must know that the king has chosen these four people. He has a very soft corner and heart for these four wise men. And when he heard that these three men did not worship him, he called the three men and said, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, is it true? Is it true? To the point where he didn't want to believe. 
or he's giving a way out for them to say, Oh, we forgot. We will do it now. Play the music. Come on. We'll just quickly worship you. No, he, he said, yeah, it is true. We believe that God will deliver us if you want to kill us. Right? Standing up for what you believe. Well, that enraged King Nebuchadnezzar. He was furious, and they built this hot, fiery furnace, bound them, and threw them into the fire. What happened, my friends? Three went in, four people there. Four people in the fire. And King looked, didn't we throw in three people? Are there four people? There are four people there. Well, God was with them. The angel of the Lord coming, walking down. Walking with them there. And the, and the, and the fiery flame did not touch them. Not a hair of their skin. Nebuchadnezzar called them out. What did he do? Nebuchadnezzar blessed the living God. There is no God like the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. See, our neighbors are going to challenge you to compromise your faith. See, it's not about the neighbors. It's about you, see? You understand? Loving our neighbor is more about you. It's about standing firm with your faith when people question you. So they know in the Hebrew, actually in the Jewish tradition, the king... This is a commentary that is not in the scripture. The king called all the Israelites and said, Look at the three of them. They knew, you knew, that your God was so powerful and that God can deliver you from fire, from all these uh, calamities and danger. And it's just the three of them that worship. What happened to the rest of you? Didn't you have enough faith in the God that you worship? And the king had to preach to the people who says with their mouth that they believe in the Most High God. And making an example out of this tree. This tree believed. What happened to you guys? And that's what I want to ask our church today. Santa Clara First Baptist. You and I, me included here. We say God is great. We say God is mighty. He can do great things. He can deliver. He can intervene. But when it comes to us, when it comes to you to show that faith to your neighbor, are you able to do it? Or did you recoil yourself and say, Oh, I don't want to be embarrassed. Because if God doesn't show up, I'm going to be embarrassed, you know? There's a dream that I didn't share to our church last year. God showed me 300, right? As I was preparing and reading and 300, and I said, and so in my dream, I'm asking God, what does the 300 mean, God? I'm having conversation in my dream, okay? Um, and he took me to the story of Gideon, choosing the 300. God doing great things through the 300. And I was going to say to our church in, in that dream, uh, we should also aim to influence and reach 300 as a church. 300 would be a good number to pray toward. But your pastor did not share that in full. You have heard sometimes uh, me sharing in reference very briefly, right? How many of you have heard the 300? Yes. I'm sharing it today 
I didn't share it because I didn't want to be embarrassed. Oh, pastor, you said that the church will grow to 300 and beyond 300. Well, it hasn't grown. You have failed. So that's why pastor didn't share. Right? But I'm sharing today. Because I believe in the God who gives vision and dreams that he will fulfill it when he gives dreams. And then people started coming from different walks of life and said, yeah. So what good is it then when we have 300 and I say, yeah, God gave me the vision of 300 uh, two years ago. Now we're, I'm taking an easy way out. Your pastor is sharing to you this morning that we're going forward with the goal and the vision of 300 in the coming year, Santa Clara First Baptist Church. Are you with me? Oh, I got a few yes. I got a few yes. Yes. And let's see how God fulfills this in our church. Right? Let's see how God fulfills this in our church. Whether it's in uh, uh, two years, three years, or five years. But we're going to go there. We got to stand firm. We got to stand firm. All right. So is it true, right? So after that, Nebuchadnezzar blessed the living God. Daniel chapter 3.28. He, look at this. Now nobody should talk ill about the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he blessed the living God. Okay. Moving on. Dare to stand alone. Now in chapter 4, the king has another dream. Um, we can't. I don't have a lot of time just to tell all the dreams. You can take the whole sermon. But it's about the tree. It's a big tree, good fruit. All the animals and the wild bees are coming under the tree and enjoying the shade and the fruits and the protection and the safety of the tree. Right? Um, I mean, that dream is not as hard as the statue of gold and bronze and silver and iron. Right? We can say that, okay... King Nebuchadnezzar, you're a great king. And a lot of people are going to come under your protection and enjoy the fruit of your kingdom. Even me, probably, I could have just said like that. But there is one thing that I wouldn't know how to say it, probably, is they cut the tree, and on the stump of the tree, there was an iron that went around seven times. Uh, That one was, that would be hard for me too. I'm like, what is that? And then the spirit of the beast came into that the person that is there and he started acting like an animal. That will also be hard, right? So when that dream came, he called all the, uh, the wise men of Babylon and they did not tell the meaning of the dream to the king. One, because probably they were afraid. They knew the meaning, but they were afraid to tell the meaning to the king. So he had to call Daniel. And Daniel said, Oh, you who reveals the secrets, who worship God, who is not afraid to tell what the dream is, you tell me the dream and don't let your heart be troubled. So when the king told the dream, oh, it troubled Daniel. It did trouble Daniel. And he was stunned and astonished for a few seconds. And he told the meaning. Uh, Your kingdom is going to disappear from you. You will go insane for seven years. And you will eat grass like an ox for seven years. Who wants to tell that dream? Right? And after 12 months later, after the dream, when 
uh, Nebuchadnezzar was shouting, What a great dominion and power I have created! And before he finished his sentence, the words were coming out of his mouth. What happened? He became like an ox. He became insane. His hairs were like the hairs of the feather of an eagle. eagle, And his fingernails were like the claw of an animal, right? Birds. And he started eating grass for seven years. So this confession that I read for you is from the seven years. And I want to read it for you. And I'm going to call the worship team to come. Here. It says, at the same time, my reason returned to me. And for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. I was restored to my kingdom and excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, King Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven. All of whose works are truth, and his ways justice. And those who walk in pride, he will be able to put down. How did this happen? Because somebody dared to stand for his faith. Somebody dared to stand for others. Somebody dared to stand for the truth. Dared to stand alone. It's about us. We have to dare to love. O Daniel, man greatly beloved. We are going to worship. I want to prepare your heart. Let me address to you guys first. When you fully understand the sense of the divine love of God, right? When you fully understand the sense of the divine love of God, you will know, you will be humble, and you will also know that that is stronger than the weight of sin. Okay? Are you hearing me? This is important. Okay, this is very important. When you fully understand the sense of the divine love of God and come to that point where you have fully obtained the divine love within you, you will know that that weight is heavier than the weight of sin that is crushing you. Okay? You get that point? God's love, the sense of God's love is stronger. It is stronger. It is heavier than the weight of your sin. Right? It is heavier than the weight of your sin. But you got to obtain the full assurance of the divine love of God. And when you do that, it will humble you. People who experience the love of God, they don't, they don't become proud, egoistic. They are taken to the knee and say, Oh God. How could you love me? How could you love me? That is understanding the full weight of the sense of the divine love of God. Not raking your hair and head and clawing through because of your sins. We are, we are many times eaten up, 
pressure beat down because of sin. We think that sin is greater. We think that sin is more powerful. We think that sin, sin can beat us down and you know the anxiety, the depression. I'm telling you this morning, the sense of the divine love of God is greater than the weight of the sin. And when we feel that, well, I'm shouting already. When we feel that, you will be humbled, driven down to your knees. You will love generously. You will love courageously. And you will feel what it means to live in the command of God. Love your neighbors as yourself. My friends, when God speaks to me, it happens in a time where I'm sometimes at the lowest ebb. When I could be in a very embarrassing place. God does not speak to me like, I should be holy, holy. Okay, I've gone into 30 days of fast. I've been reading the scripture daily. On the Now, today, on the first day of the, the 30th fast, it's ready. God's ready. He's going to speak to me. No, sometimes God speaks to me when I'm unkind to my wife. When I'm not the husband that I should be. When I'm failing. When I'm clawing on the, on the ground. When I'm eating grass. That's where God spoke to me. Then I know that, oh, God loves me. And His love frees me from the weight of sin. Oh, Santa Clara First Baptist Church, we got to get this right. We got to get this right. The weight of the love, the, the compassionate weight of love is greater than the weight of the sin that weighs you down. Do not lift. Do not lift in the thread of evil. Do not live in the thread of evil, my friends. Live in the light of eternity always. Do not live in the thread of situation of people and of evil. Live in the light of eternity that we are people called out of darkness into His marvelous light. Right? We are priesthood. We are royal priesthood. Please stand. Let's stand. Right? And uh, we feel that we have lost so much. Maybe we feel, but today we regain. We know there are a lot of people that are lost out there. That needs love. But in order for them to experience love, we must experience love first. We must accept that it is okay to be loved. It is okay to be loved. It is okay for you to feel loved. You are fine to be loved. You are just fine to be loved by God. You don't have to add anything more to be loved by God. I am led by the Spirit to say this. Uh, I'm going to add another two minutes. I I want to do this ministry, Holy Spirit, right? It is okay to be loved. Your heart is okay to be loved. And you feel like I have to do all this list, checklist, then only God will love me. No, 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 no. You are fine just to be loved just the way you are, right? God loves our worship pastor just the way she is. And you can see the love exudes from her. God loves our worship singers here, Debbie, just the way she is. God loves me just the way I am. But we all need ministry of the love. 
She needs the ministry of the love of the Spirit. She needs your prayer today. Sharon needs your prayer today. I need your prayer today. And I want to love you. But I can't love you generously and courageously if I don't know how to appropriate and obtain the full assurance of the divine love of God. What is the change we are talking about? This is the change we are talking about. Filling the Holy Spirit, riding the wind of the Spirit, sailing with the Spirit, and swimming with the Holy Spirit.